And it's the dive again. We are into round eight nearly. But before we do, we're going to look back on round seven. How are you, Mr. Smith? I'm great, Trent, mate. How are you? Oh, we're here. Finally had some time to catch up. We've been both pretty flat out this weekend. Absolutely. It's been nice to sit down and, um, and talk about the footy. Massive thanks to our sponsors, Hops to Home. So Hops to Home is a really, really good craft beer delivery service. So if you sign up, hopstohome.com.au. So it's a monthly subscription. They send you out a case of fresh craft beers. Yeah, we've got some tasty treats coming tomorrow morning. IPAs. Ooh, a whole bunch of new IPAs. So they, they, they look at sort of big breweries, small breweries. So it's a really nice little mix. Um, they kind of theme it, as, as you were saying, so kind of by different varietals. Mm. And uh, it's a really, really interesting company. So definitely check them out, hopsterhome.com.au, fresh beer delivered to your door. Uh, we're running a thing at the moment. So if you put in the promo code AFL Deep Dive, you get $25 off your first pack. So it means you're getting beers for like, you know, three, four dollars a beer, which is amazing. And so, yeah, some of these beers might be five, seven bucks a can. Well, for craft, that's a really yeah. good price. Exactly. So definitely check those guys out. So let's look at round seven. Round seven. Okay, Geelong beat GWS. They didn't beat them. They smashed them by 10 goals, 61 points, 93 to 32 at um, GMHBABA Stadium down at Cadenia Park. Down at Cadenia. Uh, what do we think? What do we think of this game? Do you want to take the lead? Do you want to take the lead? Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'll take the lead on this one. It was, look, it was workmanlike. Um, and it definitely, it's funny. You look at the scoreboard and go, oh, they smashed them. And they did, but it was never convincing. You never thought they were just going to run away no. with it. It's sort of, it was just patches. And then, oh, look, they're, they're young players. And, and, and funnily enough, most middle line players, the Cats being Tommy Hawkins, just had really, really good games. So I think they just, and they came up against a team that's decimated with injuries, really lacking a lot of confidence. Yeah. But more importantly, and this is the thing that a lot of outsiders have been saying, they are not a team-oriented team. They no. are very individualistic. None of them know how to go for the hard ball. And the guys that do aren't playing at the moment. They're either injured or haven't got the form to get into the side. They're all outside showboat, which is great. Don't get me wrong for the game as a whole, but you cannot have a whole lot of those types of players and expect to win games of football, especially somewhere like Geelong with the likes of the Selwood boys, Dangerfield... Um, and these young guys that the cats just keep finding, like Kelly, well, Radigalia, uh, Radigalia, I mean, yeah. Um, the, the Jack Henry looks Henry, really good as well. Yeah, the second, second and third tier midfielders, which are becoming first now tier, becoming with, first um, tier without Duncan, Duncan and, and um, Manigolo, so. and all those guys. Yeah, yeah, look, it was it was a great. Um, I enjoyed this game actually. I, I, did, I heard I didn't a lot mind of people say it. it was no good. No, it was. I didn't mind it. Yeah, GWS fan, it was no good. But but had they, I mean, had had they Patton been more influential and had they kick a few goals early, yeah. who knows what would have happened. But um, yeah, look, it was it was a response that you would expect the Cats to, Especially to bring after in. Yeah, loss, after yeah. the Sydney loss, and um, yeah, look, still not convinced on Cats. That, but there's a lot of teams I'm not convinced on. Everyone except the top two sides I'm not convinced on at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Over, like, that's a, it's a good way to summarise. I mean, overall looking at the game, I'm, I am I actually have a lot more points in terms of GWS. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. I, a lot more in terms of stuff to say about GWS. In terms of the Cats, look, it was a good win, but GWS were awful in a lot of ways. A lot so, of ways, like, yeah. I, I, 
I'm not I'm not kind of walking away from the game thinking, wow, Geelong are top four. You know, they just belted GWS. Like, you know, somebody just woke up out of a coma. They would have gone, holy shit. shit. Geelong just blared, <laughs> blared the Giants. You know, they're, they're a top four side. But for me, I, I'm kind of looking at it more so and thinking, well, I don't know. But anyway, to kind of go through the specifics, like, <clears throat> excuse me, to, you know, cover over with, with the Cats. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they... A lot of their kids look really, really good. You know, they they, they look well drilled. Uh, I thought they dealt with with the Giants really well. The Giants, you know, it, it's hard not to talk more about the Giants. I mean, I want, I will talk about the Cats, but maybe we start with the Giants. Like I, I thought they dealt with the dimensions of the ground poorly. Um, I thought they they just didn't seem to have that competitive desire through yeah. a lot of the game. I thought the tackling pressure was poor. Um, I thought GWS's depth. You know, we spoke about this last week that this game would really tell a lot about GWS's depth. And I've written here in my notes, GWS scraping the barrel, Dylan Buckney, Buckley, please. And my point was like, you know, they're bringing in players now that are clearly not AFL level. Um, he's 25. Well, so but he came. <laughs> no, but he's ex Carlton. Uh, they picked him up, and he, he was yeah. I mean, Carlton delisted him, so I don't mean to be rude to him, but please, like he's he's not even close. Yeah. But look, the, the key thing for me, uh, why they really struggled throughout the night is, uh, A, they're missing a lot of their polish, as you already highlighted, but B, they're getting dominated without lob. So no lob means yeah. that Patton's got to go into the ruck and it destroys their offense. So not having him going forward without um, Cameron, who was an out, which I don't remember whether we discussed that. I don't think we knew, no, I don't think we knew Cameron was going to be out. I think no, that came, came out the day after, yeah, the day after. after about his foot. Yeah, so that was going to be out. So, so, but in terms of GWS, like, but, yeah, they I, like. But I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, a, a ruckman now in this day and age can hurt you, but Patton's big enough to be able to at least hold his ground. It's not like he was it's not, okay. It's not like Geelong have a dominating ruckman. It was more that that that, that without him in their in their forward line. It really hurt them. Sorry, but when you have names like Shield, Cognelio, Whitfield, Taranto, Shaw, Ward, Shaw was Patton, down. Finlayson, Griffin, Davis, I mean, he's <coughs> mate. Seriously, that that that's still a no, I know. That's yeah, still they should not have eight been to twelve tall. players that are a regarded as a class, and any team in Australia would go, "Yep, I'll have him. Yep, I'll have him." And they all underperformed just really quickly before you go on with no, your no, point. No. Like Dylan Shield, absolute star, went at fifty nine percent disposal efficiency. Well, their the kicking efficiency was poor. Yeah, went at thirty two percent, which has got to be all time career. Unbelievable! Well, these guys are usually just damaging and silky. And Lockie Whitfield, fifty four percent, and and those guys were arguably their best three for the game, and they um, were coughing the ball up left, right, and centre, or not hitting targets. So, yeah, a lot, lot of concern um, if you. Leon Cameron and the coaching staff up there just at the moment. Obviously, injuries play a part, and that's football. But football, and I'm not not saying it's they've got a very. They have clearly key injuries. Yeah, I mean, the other thing too is the Giants' marks were way way down. Like if you have a look at the overall marks, which we'll look at the stats at in a minute, Mm. was just super 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 down. Um, I mean, look, they the Cats cut them through the middle. Uh, They played the corridor really well. They did the very classic Geelong thing that they do at Geelong. So they, they always force teams to go long, which creates constant That's errors serious. because yeah. they, they force you to go long. You're not used to the dimensions of the ground and they kick it out on the form. And they know so exactly what's they going constantly, on. They, yeah. they press, so they press, they, they, so they press against 
Force you to go long, out the full. Bang, 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 bang. They keep slingshotting it in. The Cats were getting better throughout the game at holding it in their inside 50. Um, you know, at one point, the kicking efficiency was 46 to 67, which is, you know, ridiculous. And then it kind of, then the Cats got better and better. You know, the handball efficiency as well was really poor too from GWS. Um, yeah, the, you know, in terms of uncontested marks as well from GWS was way down. Uh, they, you know, I, I actually thought a lot of their players lacked a lot of run too. Um, you know, I, I think there was there was some serious issues with with GWS, but I don't know. I mean, look, Shields' injury as well. Do we know how he came out of that too? Because Shield had not an injury. Yet. I don't yeah. think have they announced that? Yeah, we have not. Well, yeah. you're looking. Well, do you want to, do you want to have a look at that? I was just going to say just Go some real, no, just some really good news. Like just to see Cranberry Cram- yeah. come back. Um, get amongst the goals. Had a couple of goals there. Um, if he can, if he can get some consistency game time uh, into him, I think he could be quite damaging uh, up forward. That would take a lot of pressure off Hawkins to to keep goals. So. Yeah, and showed his class. He went it. I mean, he only had eleven disposals, but it went at eighty-one percent efficiency. Kicked two goals straight. Had a couple of um, score involvements, a couple of tack- a few tackles. So that was really, really, really pleasing. I've I've, I've always been. A, Fan of his, I'm um, loved watching him at Essendon. Um, obviously, he was a bit unlucky with his time at the Dogs, so hopefully, he can get a, a third runner and uh, finish off his career over the next two or three years or whatever the Cats deem worthy of him, and um, he can and he can put a few games together. Yeah. But look, they just the Cats um, were just all over it. I mean, Hawkins had four goals, so really good. For Hawkins was excellent. I mean, mark. obviously the the umpire thing, but that one handed mark was really good. Yeah, that one handed mark was good. But he just he just presented and um, and did what he needed to against undersized yeah. undersized defense and uh, took the game on. Obviously, uh, Dangerfield and, and um, Selwood, as we mentioned, they they do what they do. But yeah. I think I think whatever little niggle Danger had, I think he, he's shaken it off or it's um, it's no longer affecting him because. Where he ran around, had about thirty odd touches, a couple of goals. So he's he's almost back to that form of the last couple of years. I um I want to give a heat check. So I'll give an early heat check. Yep. I want to give a heat check to Tom Stewart. Stewart, sure, I, I thought, I thought Tom Stewart was fantastic. So eighty three mm. um, percent defo- uh, disposal efficiency. Uh, so twenty four disposals, but he was amazing throughout the game. I mean, he was almost single handedly holding up that defence, and with. Obviously, all the injuries that the Cats have got in defence at the moment. I, I think so far he's been really, really underrated. He even got a goal, which was hell, mm. sort of laughable. GWS's defence was at one point, defenders were getting goals. This kind of <laughs> reminded me of um, when uh, the Cats gave one off to Scarlo in that ridiculous Melbourne game when they beat them by like well, 180 points. They, they even yeah. got Scarlo up forward to give him a goal. Like it got, they started to get pretty um, insipid. It's the worst I've seen GWS play. Certainly, since they were kids, I, I think yeah. it was really, really, really poor. And I, I'm actually starting to get concerns. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, we're not an overreaction, you know, crazy sort of podcast like that where you know, or you know, a lot of people in AFL seem to react so quickly. But I am a bit concerned by, especially when they barely got over Brisbane, you know, through parts of that game. I'm concerned by GWS's ability to adjust during games because there were yeah. clear alarm bells all over the the ground. Um, to, to not have much of an adjustment throughout the entire game was was really concerned. So yeah. anyway, yeah. look, we're, look, I'm not. I, th- I think we can look. GWS they they're going to have plenty of players that are going to come back. Kelly's going to come back soon. Lob's not far away. 
I just had a look. I couldn't see yeah. any more information about Shield, so I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't look but to Dids, be on there. But Dids could have played. So apparently, had it been a prelim, oh. he would have played. They reckon only because they're resting. Yeah, they reckon. But uh, they reckon he's almost certain to come back next week. Oh, I reckon they'll rest him again. Well, that was that was Wayne Campbell on on Triple um, M on only on Sunday. Oh yeah, so. I just think what's what's the point? They've um, well, I think he, he was about ninety five percent, but. Yeah, look, they've, they've got enough players. They've got enough players to come back. I'm not going to react too heavily to them at the moment. But I, I think they the two things we've highlighted out of this is that, A, I mean, they, they clearly need to work on adjusting during games. Yeah. B, I mean, they need to probably at the end of the year, ideally, if they, if they fall off short at the end of the year, they, they need another ruck. Because well, if, if Lob goes down, they can't have this sort of scenario happen again. Well, I would be more inclined this week. They've got... They got West Coast coming up. They got a hundred midfielders. Trade for Iraq. Get you know bringing in yeah, but for this week because Cameron's very unlikely to be back. So Patton go for it and just bring. They've got a young one or two young ruckmen playing in the needle. They got so a couple of okay kids. Just yeah, bring him in. Just they might expose have to. Them, just bring expose them to AFL, but just because. Well, they, got a, they got exposed defensively, so they're going to have to. Yeah, they just need to, they need to put scoreboard pressure on um, on the opposition, and I can't see them doing that while. Cameron's out and Patton's playing in the ruck for too long. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, look, it definitely told some stories about the depth that the GWS, you know, there's all the talk about, oh, they can bring, you know, we've spoken about bringing dudes and bringing all these players. But I think Griffin was was poor again as well. He's yep. kind of gone up and down. So I don't know, but let's 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 kind of keep moving. moving but on, I, don't want, yep. I don't want to get too heavily into GWS, yeah. but at this stage it's a bit early. But in terms of the Cats as well... Um, we, yeah, look, it's it's a bit hard to tell because the Giants were very poor, as we have obviously spoken about. I, I, I was confused. So they named Zach Smith, and I messaged you during the week, and I said, "Oh, mm. Chris, Chris um, Scott's Been finally listen to us. He's on the dive." But um, so he was pulled out last minute, and then yeah. Stanley went in. So Some unusual. I don't know what's going on. They haven't decided. Had a, a virus or? Oh, really? Did, did they make? Yeah, I made well, something up. I didn't actually say the specifics on it, but, but he's obviously obviously not. Cooked well enough to play AFL at the moment. No. Well, he's but, been overcooked, one of the two. One of the two. But look, Cats look, cats look good. Um, you know, I thought they, they, they moved, they switched really well. They, they, they're going to be a very good side throughout the year. And they've got a lot of players as well, like the Giants to come back. Harry Taylor looks like he's a, a chance for next week um, against Collingwood, I think they play. But, um, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll wait another couple of weeks just to make sure he's 100% right. It's a very, very long way. But... Um, you know, through the season, but yeah. Anyway, we'll keep moving on. But in terms of Hawkins touching the umpire, uh, we don't know. So we're recording this on Monday night, so we don't know uh, what the result of that's going to be. I reckon he'll get a week. I don't think he should get a week, but I reckon he'll get a week. Just by the terms of the rules of the game. By the rules of the game, if it's done by the letter of the law, he gets a week. And if I, I reckon they, they're pressured to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, very unfortunate. And it doesn't matter whether he thought it was an accident or not. No. Um, they know that everyone's going to say that anyway. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, but he, yeah. I hope he only gets a fine, but then they have to be very consistent for the rest of the year. And I don't think that's what they want to risk. I think they'll just go, you come, go near an umpire, touch, bad luck, you're out. So, just to highlight before we move into the next game and talk about not giving your, giving your uh, forwards enough chances and, and why they scored so low and, and really struggled offensively, Marks inside 50, 17 to Geelong, two. 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 Yeah, I heard that. Two. Mm. two. That's it. One, two. One Finished. Bum. That's all they got. They got two for the entire match, which is really, really poor. Very poor. But yeah, we won't go too hard. Certainly not bringing the bat out and really diving too deep because I, I, it could be an aberration at this stage. So 
Next game at Mars Stadium in the Ballarat. We had the Dogs just get over the Gold Coast. This is a pulsating match. Pulsating match, 81-72. I didn't get to see this live, but I watched it um, subsequently in a replay. So, Dogs by nine points. Hot take off the top. The Gold Coast blew it because they led at every change. And they blew it. Was it every change? That's every it. change, except for the last except for the last one, they led. Oh, so they one, were, two, what? two, six, five, 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 they... nine, eight, seven, eight, ten. Yeah, they So they led at every, every single change, change except for the end. Wow, eh? So I, I and, they, and they had a big lead into <clears> the second quarter. It's so. gone are the days where young side, you know, they'll get there, they'll get there. Yeah. None of that. They're not it's, a young side. They're not a young side anymore. The dogs are much younger in terms of games mm. and in terms of average age. So I'm sorry. It's not young side, young side. I'm, I'm going to start going a lot harder on the Gold Coast. Absolutely. They are, they are a decent side. And they, in my opinion, blew it. I think they had, they had a commanding lead in terms of... The you know the overall feel of the game in terms of the momentum. Uh, yes, it didn't show on the scoreboard eight seven eight ten. A few of those were sitters that they missed, but I I think generally speaking that was a very winnable game. As harsh as that might be, I I, I reckon that's a no. It's perfectly justified. When I think it's your your key ruckman has fifty eight hitouts in a dominant performance in the middle con- yeah. compared to... Yeah, and he to clearly... He, they, they, well, that's why... They, Boyd's 11. Well, mates. that's... But the English went on him as well, but that's why English ended up going forward because he was struggling at times. And But anyway, look, 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 the, look we'll break it down. Overall, good game. Um, I think the Dogs, simply, in terms of where the game was won, which we do talk about at times, I, I thought the Dogs adjusted to the conditions, conditions. faster yep. than Gold Coast did. And I think that's almost where the game was won. They adjusted to the to the temperature, but then also the wind. And eventually, like, dogs were spraying it really, really early, but they adjusted, they got better, they got better, they got better through the match. Um, and I think that the dogs got better at reading the For Gold sure. Coast. They just got better For at sure. reading them. But what did you think of the dogs game? Tell me a bit about what you um, thought of the dogs. Look, I totally agree with you and the fact that they just... I didn't... Again, glimmers and hope of 2016 again, um, especially yeah, for the likes, especially no. yeah, Johannesson and everyone's going, oh, they're putting forward and oh, that could be a good goal. So I go, yeah, but then who gets to run off half back? Again, very reaction and it's very quick to see something in one game and hope for the best and blah, blah, blah. But again, let's think about it logically up against team that is not going to win the flag this year in the Suns. So let's not get jump ahead of ourselves and say John Johansson should be playing in the forward pocket or off the half forward line. Yes, if you want to win games in the depth, put him there, but he's still better suited off the half back flank because of yeah. that dash. Um look, I'm not surprised that they the needed dogs scoreboard won. pressure, that's why that's why they flipped. But had the dogs played basically <clears throat> any team that sits currently above Gold Coast oh, no, on the ladder, no. they wouldn't have won that game. So the Gold Coast play like that against even Geelong, who I still think are you know slightly out of the top four in terms of form, if you were to do a form ladder, mm. um, which is, uh, what are they, sitting eighth or ninth? I think they're eighth at the moment. Um, or No, they're six. Exactly. They're cats slightly, or, cats. cats they're slightly, six. They're slightly come up yeah. from that win. But yeah, look, I'd, I think, yeah, the dogs play like that against Richmond, they'll get belted, they'll get opened up. 
But I don't, I don't know. I think that it's, it's an interesting conversation with the dogs. And I, I want to talk a little bit about overall with the dogs. Because the first two weeks, you know, they got absolutely obliterated. In yep. Almost in almost like Every that. Every key category, well, we, scoreboard, When everything. we reviewed that, that Gold Coast, um, um, GWS, not Gold Coast, sorry, Dogs GWS game in Canberra. We were struggling in round Shortest one. Shortest review ever, wasn't Well, it? we were struggling to come up with much to say. Mainly because it was like, we could talk for like three hours or two minutes. In, in that it's like... They got obliterated in basically every every stat line. I don't know. They've, they, they've clearly gotten better. They found some really good kids. I think Gowers was excellent. Um, I thought McLean was, was quite good throughout the match as well. Um, the, the big thing for me in terms of the list just in general is with Bontempelli. So again, we obviously didn't know this, but basically nobody knew this. Bontempelli was a late uh, yeah. withdrawal. Yeah. And it was only like as late as it could possibly be um, you know, before the, 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 the bounce. Um, I the way they played without both of their captains, no Eastern Wood, no Bontempelli. Good. It was interesting, well that, interesting that both teams didn't go in there with either captain. So no. four captains are out, uh, or leaders as you call them, because Bont's not really the captain, he's just their best player. No. Yeah. But look, I thought McRae was clearly outstanding again. Right. I thought you could very much argue he was best of field. McLean was really excellent again. Hunter stood up again. Although it was Dalhouse is possibly his best game. He did a lot off the ball as well that doesn't show on the stats line. Yeah. Um, Dunkley was solid as well. I don't know. Like I think they were they were pretty good throughout throughout the day. But the the big thing for me, you know, the Suns going out of defence just struggled every time they came out of it. The dogs would just lock it in, lock it in, lock it in. You know, they were so the dogs were just better at switching on the day. And as I said, they were better at reading that wind because the wind kind of picked up, yeah. picked down, picked up, picked down, which made the conditions hard. And I get that, you know, AFL players nowadays are not really used to playing in those sort of conditions. There was a few shots at goal, and that's why the scoreline's a bit funny at times. But, you know, a few shots at goal where, you know, the, the player from both sides uh, would go to kick it, and they'd kind of kick it, you know, factoring the wind, and then it would go nowhere near. Nowhere near. So it was a funny old game, but I I, I, well, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I watched extended highlights, and I, I did enjoy it. And I wish I had have been able to see the game live, but I was at the actually other game that was being played that afternoon um, at the G. Was keeping an eye on the score though because um, yeah, it was pretty boring. I'll get into that when we get to that game. Yeah, yeah. But look, uh, just going back to McRae, he again, he's he's a heat check for me. He was just phenomenal. He's fantastic. He's, yeah. I, I I forgot. I, um, last time we were speaking about him, uh, he's only 23. Very he's young, tiny, yeah. um, but a, it's just a brute. 191 centimeters, uh, 90 kilos. Had 40 touches that Trent touched on, 72% disposal efficiency, had 12 clearances, only the two clangers. Now that's phenomenal. That's just A grade, and he's definitely all Australian material at the moment. He's yeah. he's he's up there with um, five. And dust, not, not five for dust. He's in their influence. His influence on the he's game, pretty but, close though. But just the ability to win his own ball, and also win it on the outside. He's he's a going to play player, and he's going to be very very good for the dogs over the next few few years. Dogs as well were just a little bit more clutch. You know, yeah. like I I felt that at times, especially later in the game, the Suns just need to get better at transition. Um, I thought a few times that and. You know, I wrote down in my notes, youth structure issues. And by that, I just mean they've just got to get better at knowing where to be. 
you know, so that the forwards would drift to assist and then, you know, they wouldn't be able to run back fast enough or, you know, either there was a few issues where it looked like they were fatigued, which to be fair enough, they've been travelling all over the world. But that's what playing finals football gives you as a younger player. And that's why the dogs probably were more clutch because they've had their young players exposed to finals football. So that's like, oh, and that, that series that they ultimately went on and um, won the grand final. Yeah. They had to get themselves out of some really, really tight um, situations, situations and, yeah. and, and to get away with the win. So they just know that if the win is there to be taken, they just know what to do, as you said, like positioning-wise. Just position making the right stuff. Making the right uh, um, decision on where you handball or kick to yeah. and all that type of stuff. Know when to hold up the play, know when to go and all that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah. It, and that's what it was. And, and Gold Coast are getting there, but obviously they're not going to get no. that that real nous for it until they start playing finals and play finals on a regular basis. You get benefits from watching a game live because it's exciting and you obviously don't know the score. But then there are other sides of it when I watched it, I knew the end. So I was kind of looking at a few other things that you know I thought people might not necessarily look at. The others, just so we can just kind of make different points to other podcasts and TV shows and whatever. Another thing that I thought, one of the notes I took was the Suns need to get better at 360 degree awareness. Mm. So again, it comes into what we were just saying a minute ago in that just simple things like just covering your man, just knowing knowing that it is a 360 degree game, just just to, you know turn to the head at times, just to cover off and see what's going on, just to see where there's a bit more space. A few times the sun's coughed it up a little bit, but that's pressure and that's perceived pressure at times as well. I get that. But um, look, the Suns, you know, we're obviously not going to go too hard. I know I said they blew it, but simultaneously, you know, like obviously very, very um, tough year. You know, it's only a couple of weeks they're going to be in China. Like it's such a crazy year for them. But um, yeah, look, I think, I think they're a good enough side. And I think it's showing some respect to go a bit hard because it's, it's saying, Absolutely. no, no, we're, we're getting there now. Um, a few other points on the Suns as well. I didn't actually realise they've got nine Queensland players on the list now. Yeah, I saw that. Mate. So I that's think that's huge. I think that's, that's very great. Good, very good for the football community up there. And, and I trying no to build it. that many. Yeah, nine's good. fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So I took that note during the game. Um, but yeah, look, I think overall, Dogs were just that little bit more clutch. Um, they adjusted to the conditions slightly faster, which you know we spoke about already. Um, yeah, look, I don't think there's too much more we can say. I thought English again looked really good. I really liked his work. Yeah, he struggled a little bit um, in the ruck against the um, this is it Braden Cross Crossley Crossley isn't it? Yeah. yeah, he was that enormous unit that they've got in but there. But he's, he's about as about as thick build as um, Napoleon Dynamite. Exactly, he's gonna be, well. He's about three years old. But then you, you look at him next to Braden Crossley, who looked like you know Mumford versus you know like a rake. Like it was mm. it was a bit of a. But I thought English was good up forward as well. And yeah, he kicked a goal. I, I thought about giving the um, heat check to, to Gowers, mainly because I think he's right on the edge of having just a really breakout game. Um, I thought, look, the, the, the Suns' defensive pressure at times was really good. It was similar to what we saw in the Q Clash. But, yeah. excuse me, doing it across nine, you know, a whole game, game, that's the problem. And, and the fatigue of... And late in the game, the Dogs looked like had, they had just that little bit more energy. And to yeah. be fair, they had to fly from Queensland, drive up on bus, like... But yeah, look, it was an interesting game. I was going for the yeah. Suns because in my tipping comp, no one tipped them and anyway, so I didn't no. care, and it would have been good for good football. Football, but. absolutely. And just for those uh, listeners who aren't aware, you know, sometimes it's easy for me and Trent to get stuck in our little AFL bubble that is Melbourne. We know where all the play. Ballarat is a regional town of Melbourne, Victoria. Um, so it was no home ground advantage to anyone. No, uh, not the, really. dog, the dogs take it out there because they see themselves as a greater Western. 
part of Victoria's yeah. team. Um, well, so I think they played two, two games. That, yeah. yeah, but it was a. It's a, if you've ever seen any games in um, Monaco in Canberra, similar. it's a similar sort of yeah. looking ground. So a really nice sort of out of country town uh, uh, ground, but that's been manically looked after by the AFL. It looks spectacular. It did look good, yeah, and it was nice to see you know AFL being played on a on a. A ground like that but look there are a few alarm bells with the dogs as well I know we've praised them a bit in terms of alarm bells like their kicking efficiency was poor Hard. Um, just in general um, yeah. I mean you know you look through the stats line you know contested possessions 175 164 so dogs slightly ahead you know, disposal efficiency 70 to 67 so again dogs only very very slightly ahead but you know I, I think you know marks inside 50 as well they were ahead 12 and 6 you know, that's the thing. They are a bit ahead, 52, 31 in the clearances, tackles inside 50 as well, you know, 9 to 10. It was a pretty even game. But, you know, I just think the way they played and the way they structure up, they're going to need a bit more polish if they're going to, you know, play against some of the top, top teams. Yeah, and at the moment, both these sides are just a little bit off the pace from probably the better 8 to 10 teams in the comp. Yeah, and you look at the, the inside 50 efficiency, 43%, 26 shots from 61 entries. You know, that, that 43 against a Richmond, and, and no. you're going to get pretty much dominated. So let's keep moving on. So you can take the lead because you were there. Because this game I watched, but it would be interesting to hear your opinion on it because you're actually physically there. Yeah. So at the MCG, Hawthorne beat Essendon 90-67. to 67, So Hawthorne by 23 points. Yeah, and um, that was a bit flattering because Essendon got the last two time on goals of the last quarter. Um, so look, I arrived there, went there with a few friends, sort of 50-50 Hawk Essendon supporters, and as soon as I got there, I couldn't believe how empty the ground was. And I only got there about 20 minutes ago. So um, first point, and this is what I was referring to um, when we are talking about the state of the game, 53,000 people at the MCG for the most fierce rivalry in modern football. It was good weather too. Perfect conditions for mm. AFL football. It was 20 degrees, mm. overcast, and just a swirly breeze occasionally. Minimal though. Minimal, and it only happened probably for half the game for half of those quarters. So very, very small amount. So I'm more concerned about fans and supporters not going to the game just because they don't think your team's going to win or not backing him or whatever the reason be. But um, People need was... to go to the ground, yeah. Well, to um, put it into perspective to underline your point, at half-time, Hawthorne and Essendon, Hawthorne 5-5 to... Uh, sorry, Essendon 5-5, Hawthorne 4-4, uh, Brisbane, Collingwood. So Brisbane were 10-0. And Collingwood were ten three. Yeah. So at half time. Time. So yeah. it gives you an idea, idea of the slightly different quality between these two teams. So yeah. What were your main takeaways? Yeah. Look, the main takeaway was uh, so it was a game of one half and one quarter. <laughs> it really was. So the first half, and you saw from the scores that Trent just gave, it was it was not a very pretty game of football. It was the opposite of um, okay. that, that game in, in Queensland. Mm. It was tight, contested, high pressure. Um, Hawthorne did always look cleaner when they got the ball than Essen. Essen yeah. still looked very undecided about the game plan, where they're going to move to next, who's the best option for a handball or a kick. And don't get me wrong, Hawthorne were just as frustrating to watch. Like When there's no person near you to handball like a teammate, just kick it. Please, just kick it. I don't care if your coach is going to yell at you because... Mm. 
you've got 20, 30, 50,000 supporters screaming and that turnover happens and you get a goal, wow, it's 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 pretty deplorable. But funnily enough, it, and I'm not going to have a dig at Essen. I think every other commentator and podcast out there is having a really big dig at Essen. I still think that they're just not getting the game plan that Wush has put in front of them and it's just a matter of time before... Or the game plan's not working. No, because in moments throughout the Hawthorne game, they were able to open up Hawthorne and made made Hawthorne look very slow. They just can't do it consistently enough and that goes back to my point from earlier that they can't constantly get that ball at the stoppages and and get that first clearance and, and when you can't do that, a team that like Hawthorne, Richmond... Geelong, GWS, when they've got a full list, and um, Adelaide, they will put so much forward pressure on you that you'll turn the ball over very, very quickly. You need an elite in and under midfielder Mm. that can release your outside run, and then you can expose those teams like that. So, look, so the first half was a really good tussle. It was like uh, just a local footy game, just in muddy conditions and just the two teams that hate each other just just trying to get a sense in none of them could I, th- I think there was four very consistent plays for Essen throughout the game uh, starting at the top with um, their captain and I have had a who Heppel 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 fought all day he was very very good really I had a lot of yeah. people say he was terrible no I, will, was no, I'll, I'll guarantee that will be Essen spotters no he was he was solid he, he was he was where the ball was yeah, okay, I mean he's not he's not a brute it's funny so what you see at the ground compared to what you yeah, see yeah he, he didn't stop he, 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 he went hard all day um, as did uh, McGrath and Merritt, they were both really, really solid. Well, he was so twenty. So Heppel, twenty-eight disposals, five tackles. That's the thing. One goal, thirteen kicks, fifteen handballs. Yeah. It's actually not that bad. No, look, it's, were... it's, it's pretty easy to, to to lag on lag on him because yeah, some of his kicks may have been wayward, but that's because he had no one presenting a lot of the time. And I thought um, I thought Bell Chambers was really, really good for them as well. He he fought all day, and um, that, well, that... I think he needs to go forward, and then I think you need to put Danaher in the ruck. I think it's getting Dan- to that. Dan- Danaher needs to go back to the. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he. They tried him in Iraq, and he is so devoid, devoid of confidence, devoid of um, knowing his role in the game. And yeah, it's it was really sad. Look, it was great. Everyone that was around me, Hawthorne and Essence Sports, when he, Joey finally kicked a goal, all exploded into into applause because I think everyone generally wants to see him play really, really good football. He got the G's, but, did he? He got he got everything. Everyone, everyone's like, yeah, Joey, good well, on he, mate. Tell you what, he did get was Sicily. He got uh, a high, missed a high five or a low five. That's a bit bit stark. But Very Draymond Green. Bit Draymond, yeah. So, um, yeah, look, it is frustrating as an AFL supporter to see a team that's got so much talent on paper and uh, just struggling for whatever so, reason. Let's um, stick let's stick with Essendon for a bit before we go into the Hawks. The other thing I noticed as well. So Essendon had twenty more handballs than kicks. Very, very rarely when you see that stat, is that mean that they've what the teams won? So there were so many times where Hawthorne would just press, yeah, would would corner them, force them into handballs because it was less than fifteen meters, or they were risking to go on very close to fifteen meters. Press, 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 very Clarko style, choke, 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 force them to have to handball, 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 handball. By the third handball, they're in trouble, tackle, that's it. Back to all on possession. Yep. And then they lock it in, lock it in, lock it in. So there was yeah. a lot of that going on. But I mean, the, the, the major thing with Essendon is, and I'm sure everyone's talking about it, um, I've written, again, horrific Essendon third and second half. But specifically, we highlighted this a couple of weeks ago. Third quarter from Essendon again, one point. 
Yeah, they were they were blown away. One point. One point. They just could not get their hands on the ball. They couldn't even get it past a halfway line. To they, six goals. Yeah, Hawthorne just monster. And the Hawthorne, it was it was like the Hawthorne of the eighties, where it was the Premiership quarter, and they did. They just they went time for the sword to come out. Chop chop chop. Sword back in, and basically they they were never they were never threatened after that. So, um, funnily enough, though, in the first half. For me, where I was from, where I was viewing, the number one player at Hawthorne was O'Meara, and then he went out of the game. Yeah, he wasn't seen in the second half, um, and obviously Sicily um, stood up, had thousand marks, kicked a goal. <laughs> he um, looked amazing, hey? Yeah, he and was he, he had to be best on ground, surely. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He he was slow off the mark in in the first quarter, but again, a lot of players were just because of the way the nature of the game was. But he was like a brick wall at uh, halfback, and same with Burgoyne. Burgoyne um, sort of went under the radar. But we mentioned this, and I mentioned specifically having either of those two out along with Birchall makes it very, very tough for Hawthorne to play the style of game they want because they provide that intercept mark, very high, highly skilled um, disposal. Sisley, the, his both side of the ball is, I'm not going to say as good as your Sam Mitchell's, but. I saw him pinpoint 50 meter kicks on his left. Yeah. So he already kicked. If you ever watch him kick out from a behind, he'll often do it, and it's hard to predict because if you he'll point to his right, like he's going to kick out to the wing, yeah, and then he'll literally swing around and kick it straight down the guts. If you think he's going to do that all the time, obviously there's going to be a free play on the wing, so you can't sort of defend to that. No, no but no. that's how skillful he is by foot and uh, and just his bravado. I mean, he he gave away four or five inches to Danaher and blanketed him. I have a couple of questions for you because you're at the ground. Um, so for, the main question really is why does Essendon suck so much offensively? Um, <laughs> in terms of, so obviously the major part of it is they lack targets. So, you know, Dan- Danaher's Dan- completely Dan- got cooked. Yep. Um, you know, Tip and Woody as well looks like he's um, holding slow. something. Slow. Um, you know, number of their number of their forwards just look very, very off or completely out of form and whatever. Um, we don't want to, again. We can spend ages going into that, but the main, the other kind of thing I wanted to ask because you notice a lot more being at the ground. Mm. What were their entries like? Like Horrible. Were, were they that would like in terms of variety? Like was it was it is are they struggling to in terms of going inside fifty? Like is it just very poor variety and it's predictable, or is it the, is it a combination of that and then also simultaneously they go too short or too long? So I've noticed with Essen consistently. They, they, you know, through well, Anzac Day, we noticed that they were constantly going far too long. I don't know if you saw that at the at the no. At the so, ground. so two things. The key one is not having someone like Danaher as a key target. Yeah, hurt immensely. So he's not going to sit in the forward line and lead because he's devoid of confidence. Mm. Therefore, if they've got a run on. They've got to look somewhere else. And obviously, um, Razio Fantasia is not playing um, and a handful of other key little cogs. But the nucleus that, that surrounds uh, a forward line that is central... Sorry, not take my words back. Having a forward line with a central playmaker like no, Dan Hur, who's yeah. not focused on the game and is lacking hurts. The other key thing from the weekend was all 90% of the time they were under pressure to kick into their forward line. So they're rushed. They were they were going from all different um, positions. They weren't... They were mixing it up, but they very rarely did they have a free shot um, as an entry point to, to kick into that forward 50. They were just under immense pressure all game. 
Yeah, so it's pressure as well. So it sounds like it's a combination of a few things. One yeah. other thing to highlight, Dan. So uh, guess who's the number one goal scorer at Essendon at the moment? Who do you reckon would be the number one scorer at the club at the end of round seven? Zaharakis. So it's James Stewart. He has yeah. 13 goals for the oh, yeah. year so far. He's 17th overall in the AFL. So number one is Ben Brown with 24, Luke Bruce 20. Then there's a whole bunch with sort of higher teens and there's a bit of a gap and then down to him. But West Coast have got a bunch in the top. Um, you know, North, Ben Brown's the kind of the main one and then there's a few others. Yeah, That's very, very, very surprising that, that Danaher's not even remotely... He's only kicked two or three goals. It is, it yeah. is unbelievable the it's fall from look, last year. Absolutely. absolutely. From a Coleman Com- to basically... You know, this standard is, is incredible. Yeah, it just yeah, and look, um that doesn't shouldn't surprise me with Stuart. He's he's a big key for and he did try, but obviously when the ball's not come down to you as a forward, you're not gonna so be influential. Do. So And supply yeah. would have been really poor. Can I ask you another thing too, the game as well, you would have noticed this possibly a bit. Did you think the Dons fatigued? Did you see much fatigue from them? They played a lot of games in a short period of time. Do you think that had a factor or not really? How was their run so late s- in the game? Oh, yeah, they never stopped trying in that sense. And obviously, yeah, there's like late goals. And look, maybe fatigue overall has set in from from, from those yeah. massive amount of games in a, in a much shorter period of time than a lot of other teams. But I can't sit there and say, well, that's a good enough excuse. They know that that's coming up and they've got professional um, sports scientists and nutritionists. And they should be able to to manage that according accordingly they didn't look I think if anything there's some players out there that have lo- lo- lacked some speed and we you touched on it just before Tip and Woody yeah. looks slow oh yeah um, the team overall looks slow if it's congested when they're out and running if they get some open space and absolutely they look fast they've got some runners but yeah, look, it was. I know I didn't go in there with any um, real confidence about Hawthorne winning, let alone winning as convincingly as they did. Yeah. And there's obviously a massive um, cultural confidence issue at Essendon at the moment. Uh, Clearly, yeah. So, but uh, on the on the other side of the coin, um, very good to see Ruffy come back with some form. Yeah. Three uh, goals. Three goals. Presented well. He doesn't look like um, he's carrying an injury that Trent and I touched on a couple of weeks ago. Um, we thought he was limping or there might have been a lower leg injury that was yeah. uh, hampering him a little bit. No, he was he was really strong. It took him, again, took took him probably till quarter time before he started to, to find his rhythm. But after that, I mean, he could have easily ended up with five or six goals. He, he, he was really, really uh, powerful. Um, Tim O'Brien was, was excellent. Uh, he's starting to really find his way at AFL level yeah. you've already told about Sicily Sicily obviously if he keeps this form up he he'll be AA yeah. um, Izzy keeps going about his game so he probably 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 picked up a, a Brownlow for his efforts McAvoy and Bell Chambers was very consistent yeah. uh, battle McAvoy um, probably was less influential in this game than any of the other games he's had all year yeah. but he didn't need to um, the, the spread of uh, players and runners burgling Sicily, O'Brien, Mitchell looked quiet, but he had just under 30 touches, kicked a goal, but he went at like 75% efficiency, which is probably his cleanest game this year. Yeah. And as I said, O'Meara had a really good first half, but then uh, went a bit quiet. White Cross, first game back for the year, I thought was superb. to bring him up. Yeah, really, really happy. I was speaking, yeah, and I was speaking with... Um, the guys that I went with on the way there. Because he was, was like, laid in, wasn't he? Laid in for... Doesn't matter. Yeah, I can't remember. But it was, yeah, for Cousins or someone who else was meant to come in. So it was... I was happy to see because I was in my head. I'm like, 
why wouldn't you? He's been playing very well at VFL level. He knows how important this type of game is. He'll just be very clean and with possession. He'll know what to do. And he was unlucky. He Langford he came in for. Yeah, he missed a... And I'm glad he did. So he just, he, he's got poise around the contest. Very unlucky. He could have kicked a couple more goals. He didn't pick the... This is when the wind was a bit uh, swirly. And he didn't even make the distance from about... 38, 40 metres out. Right. So it was it's a bit of a bit of a bit of laugh behind the goals there for yeah, me right. when I was watching. But he was really good and they've got some depth and hopefully my mate that I've been on for a while gets a chance very soon in John O'Rourke because he hacked up another thirty possessions. I know we're talking about a different game, but uh-huh. um, there's some depth at Hawthorne. Um as well, speaking of depth as well, not just goals, ten goal scorers too mm. is sold. Like yeah. again, big spread. Really nice spread from Hawthorne. Yeah. And uh but so Burton looks like he's he's over whatever he was carrying at the start of the year, started to get some good form, a lot of run. Play reads the play very, very well off half back, so and so does Blake Hardwick. Yeah, yeah they did there wasn't too many players on the weekend at Hawthorne that didn't do their didn't play their role and that's what they're looking they're looking like your Richmonds um, and your Adelaides and whatnot. Everyone just goes, "Yep, know the game plan, no morale." It's incredible how quickly they've they've bounced back, mm. isn't it? It is amazing. Oh, absolutely. So they're into the top four. So I think, look, very good signs once again for Hawthorne, and really pretty poor signs for Essendon. Um, yeah. Essendon should either start to look at how they can re well not rebuild, so just plug their deficiencies, find players that they can target for the for next year and beyond because even if they got a roll on, I can't see them being strong enough. And I look, history can repeat itself. They could do a, a Sydney on us. Yeah. And, and they definitely got the list to be able to do that. Um, my big concern is I think there's more going on with Danaher than meets the eye. Who knows? And it seems I, incredible how far to drop off like that. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too, Essendon's injury list is not that bad. Like compared to a lot of other clubs, it's actually not that bad, which is a big part mm. of the concern. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, we better keep moving. moving yeah. I think we could really kind of go further into that game, but a lot of talking points came out of it. Uh, Optus Stadium, West Coast Eagles, one hundred two to sixty. West Coast Eagles beat Port Adelaide uh, by forty two points. Interesting game. Uh, we tipped the Eagles. We were pretty confident, so we got eight out of nine. The only one was North, um, mm. and really that value ball was touched. So there's our nine gone. With that ridiculous review, rats, rat. Um, but anyway. I um, no look. This was a good game, actually. Uh, you know, the Eagles are once again showing the polish that they've got. I think they they're showing that they're they're basically not. I don't think they're going to lose a game at home this year. If they do, it'll only be maybe the one. Um, you know, I know they lost that one at Sydney. I mean, just from here. But from here, yeah, look, they they look really good. Kennedy looks good. I thought that was almost the best I've seen Darling play. Um, I thought he was really, really solid. Um, Rioli, I mean, this this family, like, it is just absurd. <laughs> they just keep rocking really, up. Really, yeah. It is just obscene. Um, you know, once again, you know, these, these new, I say, but this kind of new brand of midfield that the Eagles have got with... Prudison Mitchell coming out, you know, Hutchings was really good, Yo wasn't too bad, you know, Hearn was amazing. Jack Puchicelli. And Puchicelli was <laughs> me mate. I'm glad they got him in there. So the, the Pooch. 19, 19 year old, kicked a couple of goals. He was, was good, yeah. He was solid. I thought one of the, it was probably the best game I've seen Redden play as well. He was excellent. Um, in terms of injuries though, we've got Gaff, so Gaff um, did an injury, uh, not Gaff, sorry, um, Gaff Shui. was really good, Shui yeah, had the injury, so... 
Yeah, look, that that's a bit of a concern. Um, yeah, Gaff did he did what he had to to just get an extra, get an extra ten twenty thousand a year in the contract. Your next next contract, yeah. That's it. Whether he stays or not was an interesting question. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, they were able to deal with that. Shuey and Shuey's been again another well, really good player all it, year. It goes into what we've said about the dogs a little bit, I guess. Without Bonton Pearlie, you know, often Shuey's been such a a big shining light, but they all stood up, you know. They also dominated in a lot of sections of the game without McGovern having to do heaps and heaps and heaps, which was really good because last week, you know, he really held a lot up. But yeah, look, overall, I thought, you know, pretty solid game from the Eagles. They weren't sort of too challenged, too heavily. You know, Port to flip a bit, you know, Port pushed, but they never, I don't think they ever really looked like winning. They pushed a little bit in the third, but they never particularly looked like they were going to win this game. Um, you know, you look at Port. Really disappointing. Oh, like it's it is starting to get to that point where Port have to be one of the more disappointing sides of the year. Their, their numbers, it's it's starting to add up these losses, yeah. and you know a lot of and their the way players, they're losing. Like, had had there been a ten point loss, you see them go, oh yeah, playing over a WA, yeah, they were competitive. But yeah, that's it. So I mean, you look at some of the stats, and we won't probably go too heavily into the stats for this match because it was. You know the only like the only ones that really most of them are pretty even, but the only ones that really highlight. I mean, tackles inside 50, 13 to three. So in terms of you know pressure inside fifty, clearly the Eagles show significantly more pressure. So yeah. yeah, look, it's an interesting game. Again, I don't know in terms of the Eagles, I don't have too much more I can say. I think they were really they you what? Know, mostly positive. They look really good. Jack Darlin doing what he's doing at the moment. I mean, and we said that in the we, we said that in the preseason ten review. marks and six contested. They kicked his three goals. And he, if he comes in and does that week after week, they look they're going to look amazing. Oh, exactly, absolutely. But yeah, look, well, obviously, yeah, we picked the, we picked the West Coast. Um, yeah, just as I said, as I said, didn't think it'd be as convincing, um, especially when Report well, didn't have the lead all day. So, no. and you would expect more from a, a top four aspirant, or at least a, even a top eight aspirant. But with mean. given they've maxed their cap out and they've they've done what they yeah, did they the trade the players last they did, year, yeah, yeah. And tackles, I think, you, yeah, you mentioned the tackles inside fifty. You're not going to win a game if you're only taking three tackles inside fifty. That's no, just... that's exactly it. Um, look, the the big thing for me is that the Port they just look that slight bit off. I, I it's uh, I'm going to wait a couple of weeks or at least a one more week before we kind of go too heavily into them. Mm. Um mainly because, you know, I I'm I'm kind of hoping that there's a few niggles and maybe they'll solve like they're only kind of smaller issues and maybe they'll sort those out in the next fortnight. Yeah, I want to watch a couple more live games um before I, I fully assess them because I've only seen a, a full game live once or twice this year, so it's not, I'm not reading much I think into I've it. Seen I've seen three or four. I've seen them a fair bit. Yeah. yeah, okay. But look, just just the, the big thing for me is it doesn't look like. I mean, the main takeaway for me with Port is it just doesn't look like they're gelling yet. So the new pieces that have come in and a lot of the existing pieces just don't look like they're quite gelling together yet. I don't. I I just think they're going to need some more time playing together before they can really you know match them. Um, no one scored on Port's. Um, List either higher than two goals, which is, you know, Dixon again one goal three. Like he's just been really inaccurate. I know a couple of those weren't as easy, but I, I don't know. There's a, it, they're, they're needing to get. They need way more scoreboard pressure, and I, I thought they'd be providing ridiculous scoreboard pressure yeah, given the that. the list that they've got on paper. They should be providing way more, but you know there are a number of players that were way way down. But We'll probably reserve going too too hard just yet. Um, yeah, we'll obviously get to learn a lot more about them. 
Next round. Next round as well. The other thing too is Ryder, you know, the question's got to be maybe they shouldn't have brought him back because he did look down. He was convincingly beaten, only 19 hit outs, which mm. is not great for Ryder, especially such a quality no, absolutely. And he didn't really cover the ground particularly that well, I thought, three sections of the game. And obviously the big news out of this game, Nick Nat. Well, that's it. We both think, he, hopefully they can contest it. And he, I think they're definitely going to contest it. And I reckon, I don't know what his priors are. I think it's bad for football if he gets rubbed out for, for that. So tackle. if you haven't seen that, there was a tackle. Um, I'm not, I can't remember the stage of the game. But there was a tackle. You'll be easily be able to find it on social media. There was a tackle in the game um, where he drove a, a Port Adelaide player into the ground. But I don't know. I, I, it doesn't actually, it's hard to tell in the footage. They're going to have to look at multiple angles. Because it doesn't, it doesn't look like he pins the arms, and that's that's part of the um, part of the concern with the tackle. I think the AFL has is that his also, arms were pinned, but I, I don't see that. Also, looks like he just like his foot slips a little bit in the tackle, so that's yeah, what that drives the him into the game as well. Yeah, Carlamon was the player. Sorry, I just couldn't remember his yeah. name. He's obviously a relatively newer player. But um, yeah, look, I'd, look, I mean, I'll understand why the AFL will hold it up, but yeah. I hope they don't. Yeah, I hope they don't. Um, we'll, we'll keep moving because I don't, I don't think there's too many more talking points out of the game. It was a, it was a pretty rudimentary win, which is a, a bit of a blight on Port. But let's let's wait a little bit on Port. There's the Derby next week, so I think after that we're going to know a hell of a lot more, and we can. So don't worry, Port fans will definitely go a lot further into the team next week. Um, next game at the SCG, which was a cracker, Sydney Swans versus North Melbourne. The Sydney Swans lost by two points because of the score review. 66 to 68. Wow. Well, biggest takeaway for me, North won without Ben Brown dominating. Yeah, they had that, another forward dominating Mason Wood. Mason Wood. Mate, if they can get Wood and Brown... Brown And for, White. If they, Brown kicked one goal too, and they won. Yeah. That, like, I didn't hear anyone speak about that so far. No. Granted, I haven't listened to a lot of stuff so far. No, but they haven't. To be fair, I, it's, uh, North always get completely underrated, but regardless of that, how can that not be highlighted? He's... Brown's clear number one on the goal-kicking table overall in the league at the moment. He's clearly All-Australian at the moment, at right now, if you were to do the, do it. Yeah. He's, he's a fantastic player. He's clearly right up there top top forwards. And yet, you know, they won without him. And I think that's a massive, massive tick for North. Um, as you said, Wood was excellent. Um, you know, I thought that was really, really consistent throughout the pitch. I thought that, you know, Hartung was quite good at times. I really liked Higgins' game as well. Um, you know, there was there was some really really quality depth. I thought Jacobs was really good as well. He just keeps he just keeps on keeping on. Hey, he's won, he's won the um, yeah, check a couple of times. I really like him. Again, De- he, Demont as well. He'd be if you were picking an All Australian right now. If the selectors were if you're picking him would, in a lineup, you wouldn't recognise him. No, you wouldn't recognise him. No one knows him. half of these players. But and geez, he'd be another be hard game. push not to make the All Australian at the moment. He's been yeah. And look at Jacobs. Um, if you look at Jacobs' um, stat line. So he's still got deafening. So twenty, yeah. But the crazy thing, it gets more ridiculous for the next thing, though. So he got twenty nine disposals, nine tackles, blah blah blah. But he also was tagging people throughout the mm. game as well. And he still got ridiculous stats. Yeah. Um, crazy. So looking, we North. I think North are a properly good side. It was. It's funny how we we pulled the trigger slot. Well, I pulled the trigger slightly early on North. I think you might have gone against them. I can't remember, but last week. Um, the Port North game, I tipped North to beat Port, and then Port ended up winning it. So it was frustrating. I knew they were going to win one of them, and I thought mm. I thought they would win the one at home, not the one at the bloody SCG. But, but we Sydney did, don't lose at the SCG very often. But didn't often. we say this was a danger game? We did say yeah, it was a danger, danger game, game though. Yeah. So 
But in terms of yeah, look, North I think was it was a really really quality team effort and and was really impressive. The Golds team was decent oh, as well. Yeah, dominated in the ruck again. So they are they've they just blue collar warriors. Oh, Shinburn spirit is there. Sorry about the cliche, but no, it is. Though. But that's what it is. They just have just they're getting literally one hundred ten percent out of every player at yeah. the moment. So and that's my concern is that they're getting so much. But hey, maybe I'm undervaluing how good some of these these guys are. Um, wait, I'll wait and see. But I'm I'm still going to be on the fence with North. Uh, for no Still other early reason. days, though, yeah. Just because of where they were this time last year um, and having to rely still on young players playing their role at a fairly high high standard. I just don't know whether they'll be able to see it through for the whole season. But, look, if, if I'm... Uh, Proven wrong, then awesome, because the more Victorian sides in finals, the better. The better, that's, well, that's it. But I think the other Sorry thing Sorry for before, you interstaters out there. But. No, look, it's good to have a few in there. But I think the other thing for me, before we pivot over to Sydney, because we've got a lot to talk about. See, that's the thing out of this. There's a lot to talk about when it comes to Sydney um, as well. You know, North, the, 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 I mean, everybody spoke about rebuild, rebuild. You know, they're going to finish 17th, 18th. They don't look like it at all. We're talking about them, you know, making the eight. If they finish tenth or or eighth or ninth, that would be a massive Amazing, tick. Yeah. Massive, massive tick. When they've got such a a young side and so many of these, but door was out as well. That's a thing. Yeah. No, no magic no, door. Who's no been excellent for the last door, three or four weeks? Mitchell Hibbard. Um, they they uh, pulled out um, Davis Uniaki. Yep. Or Uniak, sorry. So um, many players are missing. So, yeah, look, they just seem to be. They've got some depth. Depth now. there, and they're just managing that list. The way they need to, depending on if they've got injuries or who they're playing, and he's being super flexible, Scotty. So yeah, good on him. He's coaching extremely well. Yeah, I think he, I think he and Buckley, you have to say, a, a prop, almost the two, and they were under a lot of pressure over the last couple of oh, years. Oh yeah, and absolutely. They, they both look really good. So, but we'll have to definitely talk about Sydney as well. I mean, um, they've got, they do have a fairly extensive injury list. They do, um, but still, I don't excuse that. For... I'm still, no, I'm not giving them a pass mark on this at all. No way. At home? One and three. One win this year so far at the, SC- mm. at the SCG. Who would have possibly said that, that at the start of the year? But they've lost to teams that are going to be competing for finals. They haven't lost stage. away yet. Yeah, haven't lost away. How ridiculous is that? Very, very ridiculous. They've got uh, records galore, but then when it comes to home, nothing. I could have peeled out a whole bunch more, but we've got to keep moving. But it, it is, it is just ridiculous. Yeah, and there's still, still no certain to get Franklin, Hanbury. Oh no, Franklin won't play next week. I think that's almost certain. Towers, Hannes is likely. Hikley, yeah. Be interesting to see if they're risking, but they've. I mean, obviously, there's a they got Reed a still away, and yeah, so um, not 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 really good signs. Um, if you're you're a Sydney supporter, there being able to obviously, yeah, there's some technical things there that didn't go your way, but it happens to everyone in football now with what we've got um, at our, our hands. They just didn't want it hard, um, as much as North did. I think there was. That. I think that was part of it. I mean, just to go back to last week, you know. I spoke at length during the the Geelong Sydney game about how the you know the offensive style of Sydney during that game was really impressive in terms of the way they structured up in terms of how they went inside 50 in terms of where their targets were and how they would mix up that isolated player from whether it was Papley or or Heaney or whoever it was this game they didn't look like doing it at all no this game they they looked confused going inside 50 they looked like they didn't know what they were doing. They looked like, in terms of who they were isolating, they they looked like they just 
they were un- they looked ill prepared significantly. So can I? And that's a concern. That's I'll a concern because they I'll did it last week. Well, they did it. La- they did it last week, and then they they did not look like doing it this week, and that's a massive concern. What were we going to say? Sam? No, no, I had a question. I just I wanted to um, keep you going and going. You're on a roll. You're on a roll. Mm-hmm. I like it when you get on a roll. Mm-hmm. Um, so just and it was good that I let you do. Uh, go on that role. Do you, do you think after last week, big high, big win? Did they come back to Sydney feeling oh, it was a, a little bit game. flat? Well, it was a tough game to play like that in the fourth quarter against Geelong at home, who are a physical team as well, mm. and it's a fast ground as well. Oh yeah, I think I think that they they def- and I think they possibly went into this game thinking that they'll they'll be able to beat North. I think they went to it with a lot of... I think they were possibly overconfident. It's very hard to tell. Mentally, you can't see a lot of that on the field. No. Oh, sorry, watching on the telly and obviously there on the field. But yeah, I don't know. It's too early to say in terms of whether they're going to be major up and down. Um, But yeah, look, I, I... for me, I, I think that that offensively they struggled all night and they were really, really lucky to pull it back. They got better at doing it throughout the match, but in terms of, you know, nowadays coaches, you know, they really, I mean, all games, but they want you to come out and really dominate early and pile on some scores early to give yourselves a bit of breathing room, but they just didn't remotely do that at all. Um, you know, you go through the, the, the quarters, 2-1, 3-3, 4-4, 5-5, um, so this is North lead, 6-8, 7-10, and then 9-12, 9-14. So North led at every break. So there was never a point when Sydney looked ahead. So, you know, all those people, all those think pieces that came out about, oh, Sydney, are they better off without Buddy? Mate, in this game, they would have won this game. You know, 100% they would have won this we'll game. We've what Buddy I, does against North Melbourne. Well, that's the thing. He, he generally kicks 13. So, But anyway, look, interesting game again. We don't want to go too hard on Sydney just yet. It, it is a really strange aberration, I guess, that they keep winning away and then not at home. That in itself is is not ideal, but I don't know. I they have a clearly having a better start to the year than they did last year. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. But I don't know. Like I they've got a, they've got some more home games, but it's not ideal they keep losing them. And North, massive tick. I, I think they've they've been one the, they've been one surprise. of the surprise packets this year. We spoke about that yeah. in in the latter um, bonus episode. So, but yeah, look, big takeaway. I think you know Sydney need to get much better organised offensively without Franklin. They need to have that backup plan. Tie. I know it's hard because Franklin obviously he he plays so often. He barely ever has an injury. And He's almost always no in. Exactly, and that's yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. But they've they've got to practice, and they they executed it. They did it against Geelong. I want to see that more regularly. It was frustrating to watch because there was points where you know they've they've got the capability. It was because I was like, no, no, what are you doing? You know, he needs to be here. You know, drive like peel off. But again, the thing that hurt them uh, that's the that's the other thing too was um, a number of the midfielders were down as well. So I, Parker was not great. Um, you know, Jack definitely was a bit down as well. Normally, some of those mids, you know, can assist and sort of peel off and, and, and kind of help pull a couple of defenders away and isolate a Papley or a Heaney or somebody like that. And that's what worked against the Cats. But they, they just didn't seem to have the energy or the ability to do it during the game. So, yeah. And to, to North's credit, they, they made it hard for them to do it. They, they made the space tighter. Uh, they, they, they used the dimensions of the SCG really well too, North. And that's something you can't say for a lot of teams. No, all the, all teams the rap- get it. 
You get smashed. That's why they lose half the time. All the rap on GWS, how good they are. They played the dimensions of the SCG really poorly. It's a big reason why they were struggling on that night. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 look at this. So I know. Yeah. Anyway, but it's a lot of. Te- it's it's funny. Like in terms of the dimensions, like obviously different different grounds and and whatever. But the North clearly prepped for it very very well, and I, I was really impressed by that. Um. So but yeah. Funny, look, but funnily enough, a few like a few key stats that. Usually, if you're not getting those, uh, you lose a game. Tackles inside 50, Sydney 10, North Melbourne 3. Yeah. Shooting accuracy, 43% to Sydney, 39% to uh, North Melbourne. Yeah. Funnily enough, North Melbourne had less interchanges too. They only had 79. That's really low. Yeah. Everything else was pretty even. But that's the thing. When you look at it, it well, it was an even game. Look at the scoreline. Yeah, but it, it, I just think that North were, and I have to say it, North were slightly more clutch at the moment, and specifically Mason Wood. Papley had a chance that actually wasn't that far out to, to really kind of get in there. But anyway, that's it's a, we could keep going into it. But I think, look, massive tick for North. Um, yeah, absolutely. They're doing I everything think, right at the moment. Yeah, I think North actually would like their... I know they're playing Richmond next week at Etihad. That's going to be a tough game, but I actually think they'll like their chances like the at chances that. At Etihad, absolutely. I think, I'd, I'd love to see them play at least three quarters in that game. That would be really good to watch. And and Sydney, well, they've got um, Hawthorne uh, on Friday night, which is an enormous game. Yeah, and I'll talk about that in... In the preview. It's going to be a very interesting game. It'll be a long, a month, yeah. a long episode. <laughs> uh, next game, Adelaide beat Carlton by a million points. 125 to 70, uh, 55 points the Crows won by. Not the greatest game known to man. Uh, Carlton once again wore those grey pyjamas, which looked ridiculous. Horrible. Awful. Um, yeah. Look, I, I look Adelaide, they well, did what they had to do. They got a truckload of players out, but they've clearly got a lot of depth. Yeah, huge amount of depth. They look super strong, obviously. Multiple, I think they had 8, 9, 10, probably 10, 13 goal scorers. Who knows? Um, yeah, but eight, 8 goal scorers. So really, five really impressive. Of them, 5 of them multiple. Well, McGovern, it's the best game I've seen McGovern play. Um, 5-3 was wild. Um, Jenkins 3-2 was amazing. So and Hegel was Douglas. Two goals, 28 touches, just yeah. everywhere. He's, he's, Douglas was underrated. I isn't think. he about 48? We've mentioned Douglas a bunch of times, and you just never hear about him at all. No. Gibbs adds just some really beautiful polish to that side. Um, you know, like he, he's a really, really talented player, I mean, obviously, but he just he just adds that, you know, just that, and, you know, he's adding what Lever went with. And yeah. That, so that, that's really been a kind of a like-for-like um, you know, text, no text, no worries. It didn't really make a difference. They've got so much scoring power. Yeah, source is good in the rock. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. We can't kind of go into this game too heavily. It's kind of all repeating the same thing. Fog was pretty good. Um, yeah, the green I thought was excellent. Carlton were better. Yeah, look, we'll go into Carlton because I think Adelaide's just good, good, good. There's not much more we can really say. It's a very rudimentary game for them. Yeah, if you've seen Adelaide play over the last two or three well, years, if, if that's you what you saw. If you followed this whole season at all, you're, you're pretty clear on Adelaide. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, in terms of, of, of um, the Blues, look, Cripps... He, he was outstanding, um, but the big thing for me is he's he's got to get better at that goal scoring pressure. Yeah. Um, those two points that he kicked were you know two seconds out. Um, he's he's just got to get a lot better at that. But I don't know, like they just don't they just don't have anyone. Like they're just missing basically everything. Like it's you know they've got they had an okay spread. You know McKay looked pretty dangerous at times. Um, you know. Casbolt did a couple of good things and then he did a couple of horrible things. Like, he's just... 
you know, he can mount an argument. He's just not AFL level. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kerno Pat, really tried. Paddy Dow was Dow. Dow I thought was, good. was really yeah, good. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I think I think the whole footy club, in, including internally at Carlton, have put way too much pressure on a team. I think they are just a very very young team that is not ready to play AFL football yet. Well, the, and I think the sooner we just accept that, the better oh. it will be. They'll they'll feel less pressure. I think, and they'll start playing. A better style of game, I reckon. Well, I think Bolden's accepted that. I mean, even he said, "Oh, hopefully we." So can he's get still a... coaching them. He said, "Well, at this stage, might have to check the news." But at the, he, you know, he said, "Hopefully by the mid mid stage of the year, we will have won two two matches, which is not exactly giving you a lot of um, a lot of hype uh, for your um, for your fans." But uh, anyway. Look, not much more we can really say. You know, it's a hard no. game to talk about because Carlton Absolutely. are just not very good and Adelaide are clearly very good. That's, uh, you yeah. know, Carlton pushed. They were better at least. They didn't get blown out of the park. It wasn't like it was 10 points to like 160 or something. It looked like it could have blown out no, something like that at one point. It could have. And, and yes, we've caught AFL deep dive. You can't dive surely... <laughs> We'd, you'd much prefer, or we do, we'd much prefer to talk a lot longer in the games where there's a lots of stuff going on. Um, this was just, obviously, a far superior team beating up on a team that's still developing. That's exactly it. I mean, so Rory We Laird, could waffle on. We can waffle on about anything. Probably, but we we got to keep moving. But I yeah. think, look, Rory, the one thing I would say, Rory Laird, again, so good. Yeah, so he's, he's a, actually, did you know this? He's the first player to get 30 plus seven rounds in a row. From round one to round seven, he's the only player to get thirty plus in a row. Wow! I don't know. I thought huge. surely someone else has done that, no? but there must have been a few players that have done five and six. six and... Yeah. But look, yeah, look, yeah, not much more we can probably go into this game. It wasn't a great spectacle. Adelaide really dom- well, they dominated at every point. Yeah. Um, you know, as you as you would expect, stats wise, I mean, marks inside fifty, Adelaide seventeen to nine. So at least Carlton didn't get obliterated. Tackles inside 50, 17 to 6. So again, Paul, you know, they've just got to apply more pressure. Um, inside 50s, this is interesting, you know, 54 to 37, but it's all about what you're doing with it. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I just think no need to really get the bat out for Carlton. I don't think they were ever going to be a great side. You know, pre-season, I'd pick them relatively low. Yeah. I'm, I'm very disappointed overall and big picture with Carlton because they've had so many high draft picks and they keep you know constantly trying to rebuild and it always seems to blow up but look hopefully some of these kids come good and it was good to see a couple of kids like Adele you know show some so hopefully we can get a bit more of that you know as time goes on and you know it's not never good to watch a team you know lose seven in a row doesn't matter how much you dislike a team you know Kerno was good, but you know there's not too many other highlights. I think McKay is going to be a really good player. That was that was another tick, but it's just yeah, it's just going to take a lot of time. Absolutely. And Adelaide, you know, how many times can we say they were good? You know, there was a few there was a few moments where they let Carlton get back into the game here and there, but when you're playing against a team that's that's clearly so far below you, it, it, it you're going to lose concentration at times. Even if you you know you you know I know we talk talk about foot on the throat and stuff, but they pretty much kept it on there. They just weren't pressing it as hard on the throat. No, it could at have, times they could have been 180 to. It could have been a much. That's what I was saying before. 120 yeah. to kind of 25 or something. It could have been a lot worse. So at least they kind of you know. I think again, I didn't hear anyone discuss this, but I'm not sure whether it's been discussed out there. But I think there's been a discussion internally at Carlton. I obviously don't know this, but it looks like they were pushing a bit more of the defensive side to stop the bleeding a little bit. 
Um, again, I don't know. You know, they'll deny that, but I, it looked like it watching yeah. the game. Yeah. Um, obviously, they don't really have the defenders to be able to do it at the moment with, you know, Doherty and so many of these other quality players out. Um, you know, I thought Simpson tried and a few of these other guys, but yeah, they, they just, they, they're a long way off, um, you know, having the cattle to, to get it right. It's 20, 2019 for them and hopefully they can, you know, really get a lot of their players right over the off season and, and bulk up a few of their younger kids and, you know, r- really kind of get that list together and hopefully they've got a nice healthy list for round one next year and they who can't. knows? Yeah, who knows? I- and it's not just colours, a handful of teams. It seems that over the last few years, these teams, you can figure it out for yourself, have thought about just the next year. They haven't thought about going, okay, what do I need to do over two or three years' time to be successful in two or three years' time? So, like, yeah. no, need to be successful next year. They haven't... So, we pointed out, got more top 10 picks than any other team in the competition at the moment, Carlton. Yeah. And that yeah, has not worked for either of the two um, extent, expansion teams. No. By having all these high draft picks, hasn't resulted in a balanced team. It's all these top well, are pretty close, but, but yeah, yeah, still not losing it. They're still dropping at the end of the season, which isn't good. Yeah, you can send a rocket into space and go. Oh, I almost got to the moon, but if you don't get to the moon, you no, don't get I to agree. the moon. Yeah. Um. So I would have. I'm actually just kind of surprised that um they allowed that to happen. Yeah. I think you need to be smarter at the um trade table and obviously do what you can to get. Well, their um, recruiting's been poor, and they also keep trading out all their best players. Yes, so. that's it. Yeah, it hasn't worked. Doesn't help when you trade Eddie Betts. Next um, game. <laughs> Or Josh Kennedy. Or Josh Kennedy, or... We can get going anyway. Um, <laughs> we won't go too hard. No, we won't go too hard. Fresh start, too hard. Carlton. They've got to, they've got to get better. Yeah, so. They're only kids. Next game, Richmond Frio. Richmond smash Fremantle, 110-33. to 33, So Richmond won by 77 points. Big takeaway for me out of this game, it looked like Frio came into the game already within two minutes ready to stop the bleeding before the bu- like the, the bullets had even been fired. It looked like Fremantle kind of came in and were like, Jesus, like, you know, had plugs in the hand trying to, you know, block all the all the, all the the different spillages and stuff. But before it, we go into it too deep, before deep, 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 I just want to ask very one quick question. If this was a grand final, yeah. do you think Nat Fife would have got a Norm Smith for his performance? I don't know. I was don't, it, I don't it a blowout so. too much? No, 77 points. You can't... If that's a grand final, no. I think that Robert Walls thing of him giving the top three players to, to free, I think, was ridiculous. I think Lam- Lambert was clearly in the top three. He's. I think he's got to go back to France. He's lost the plot. I think he's lost but, the plot too. Interesting to see what happens on Brownlow night. Yeah, well, clearly, clearly Fife's a massive favourite. But in terms of... Frio, you know, they came out, they just tried to stop the bleeding from the get-go, and it wasn't until really the third quarter that they tried to take the game on um, and really, really pressure and really, you know, push the Tigers and try to go through the corridor and take the ball on. And, yeah, they, 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 they're they a gap behind, without a doubt. Yeah. I, I love it. I heard a few people go, oh, Frio coming back, it's only whatever it was, three-quarter time. And I looked at it and went, yeah, but how many scoring shots have... Richmond had and yeah it's because they were inaccurate that Frio were even remotely close yeah. they are they are doing a goat with football teams at the moment your, your mob they are doing a Federer well, so I'm nearly... not going to go that hard I think oh. they've got a soft draw so far um, we need to see them play the Sydney sides no I think I think people are I think I think people are slightly overrating Richmond. I think Richmond look really good. I know their only losses been They need to play West Coast. They need to yeah. play. We have not seen them play West Coast yet. 
We haven't seen them play Geelong yet. We haven't seen them play either of the Sydney sides. It's it's just a little bit too early to pull the the lid off just yet. But you're right. And clearly they look very good. Clearly. So, so we'll we'll start rating them after round nine when they travel over to WA and play West Coast. Yeah, that's. I think if they win that sure. game and win that well, then then I'll then I'll switch. And another tough game. Next week or this yeah. week with North, yeah, that's no, fair I, enough. I think yeah. that's. I think that's. I, I, I think people mate, that's are what, jumping the gun. Mate, I'm. I'm not. I'm not rating Hawthorne at the there's moment 23 either. Twenty-three rounds. Yeah, but there's, there's. There's. It's such a massive season. I just think it's. It's too. And this. And I think it, it's more even than people give it credit. Um, the other thing too is Richmond won well without Martin absolutely dominating as well. You know. We, you know. We're going back before about Ben Brown. You know, Martin was nowhere near the best player on the ground. I thought. And um, he he was pretty good. He wasn't terrible or anything like that. Would have helped had he kicked four goals straight. Yeah, but, but you uh, say he's the most dominating player on the field. But he didn't. He didn't. So no. Yeah, but he was no. But he was good. Yeah, but it, it was. was good. It wasn't like he was mind blowing or anything like that. And that yeah, he obviously his standards pretty high. He kicked mm. four points. You know, obviously he could if he kicked four goals, then you know it gets a lot higher. But well, let's see, thirty five scoring shots to thirteen. Yeah, so, so we're not. It's not even. Yeah, again, there's sort of like the other game, the last one we just spoke about. It there's not as much you can say. Clearly, Richmond very good side. Clearly, Freeman got a lot of work to do. Um, the five v Martin thing was quite good. It didn't happen too often though, because Martin was up forward a, a fair bit. Mm. Um, I thought Richmond looked really fit. That was another takeaway out of the game. They, yeah, they, they don't, run they don't over look, the top of everyone. Well, they don't look remotely fatigued. Like you know, they've played a lot of games, obviously with the Anzac Eve, and they look excellent. They don't look tired at all. Eleven goal kickers, great. Um, eight goals to one in the final quarter. That's amazing. Like they they sort of took the foot off the gas a little bit in the third quarter, and Fremantle kind of came a little bit back. But how good Jack Graham been for your boys? This He's been really so underrated. Far. Underrated. He he had twenty four touches at eighty three percent, kicked a couple of goals, or kicked a goal. So that's they've just got unbelievable depth yeah. at the moment, and. No, and just play management. They seem to have the best. Well, they haven't had many injuries to me. Yeah, but that's the mean. Their play management is unbelievable. Yeah. Their, their um, fitness staff and coaches and massage department um, just have worked out a program that not only sells their performance on field, but yeah. allows them to recover really well, so they um, have the less less risk of injury and all that. So and. Obviously, Rance um, is not playing at 100% at the moment. It doesn't look like it, no. And they still win by 4,000 points. So, here's an example of why this was impressive from a Richmond perspective. No, Cochin was a laid out. Rance Mm. was down. And Martin had a good game, not an amazing Amazing. game. And they won by a million points. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the, the flip side of it is that Fremantle, you know, don't have what Richmond have in that, you know, you look at the, the mid-tier of their players at Fremantle and a lot of them need to lift. Um, Neil and Fife with a clear and Santa Lance were probably yep. the three top um, freer players on the day. Um, the, the next levels of your Langdons and Blakeleys and people like that, um, they've, they've got to lift. Like, there's a lot of these sort of players that, you know, I want to see more from. Mundy as well was a bit down. In the, he, he was incredible against Richmond last year. He kicked that goal after mm. the siren. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's... You can't get a full read on it yet. Too much to take away. Not too much, sorry, to take away. Mainly because I think Freo, we both think Freo are a good side. But it's it it, it's just a little bit, you know... It, it's coming against sh- Richmond of the G's, such a tough thing um yeah but yeah and they're not probably quite there for a real tilt at the finals this year no they can keep that squad there and, and get i mean obviously they get the 
Bradley Hill back and Taberner back and um, Walters back and all that. So they got they had some key players out, but not enough to make up that score difference. But they'll um, obviously be super competitive at home still. I think it's still going to be hard to beat there. Yeah, and yeah. They're, they're, they're mid-run, and this this is proof of that at the moment. I think so, yeah. And and look, it's but I think mid-run is still quite ahead of oh, yeah. where they you know, well, people thought they were going to be. Absolutely. A lot of people yeah, had them right down the bottom. So I, I think you know the, the confidence that Richmond have and what they're playing with at the moment is, is outrageous. It's so, so high. Um, and they just look so fit that they can just cover the ground so, so well. And they, they play, obviously, that ground so well. But, you know, that's 13 in a row now. Um, and, and talk about stats, you know, Frio, it's actually the lowest score Frio have had under Ross Lyon, and it's Ross Lyon's lowest score ever, St Kilda or Fremantle. So wow. I actually thought they must have got something a bit lower, but I guess 33 is pretty horrible. Horrible. Anyway, look, I, uh, the other thing you can't not take into consideration, Fremantle had, to, you know, a very tough derby last week, had to travel. Richmond had a tough game against Collingwood, but it was at the G as well, so they didn't have to move. No, so yeah. To be fair, you can't not factor the travel in. Um, they both played on the same day last week, so days breaks were the same, but it makes a big difference. I mean, that, that, West, that was a really tough game against West Coast. They pushed West Coast right to the edge, and I think West Coast are one of the best teams in the, um, in the game at yeah. the moment. So. so just before we go on to the next game, because yeah. I'm assuming you don't have much more to talk about this game. I don't think so, because there's not too much more we can really take yeah. away. So you've mentioned that obviously it's still early. It's only round seven. Uh, Richmond haven't played any of the... What are the elite teams More this top eight year. sides yeah. yeah So having said that And seeing Following obviously the, Your team Do you still think They're top four Or are they going to be Top two Do you think there's teams That could push them Out of the top four I think Or is top... it still just too hard To get no, no. a real read on them For you Yeah look I think Top two is a big possibility But mainly because They've got And not in an arrogant sense Mainly because they've got So many games of the G yeah, I don't see them losing at the MCG. They've still got a they've still got a bunch to go. That's it, and they, and they do have. And I saw a lot of Richmond fans getting really angry. I saw, I think it was SEN. I can't remember on, on Twitter. Someone posed the question: Do you think Richmond's had a soft draw? Yeah, they have. For a team that just won the flag, mm. their draw is pretty good. And we spoke about that, um, you know, in our in our fixture previews and in the season previews. So I don't. Yeah, look, I I, I want to see them play against a few more of the top eight. Uh, um, but for me, yeah. Look, I, I think top four, I would say, is, is a big, big chance. Um, and then I, I wouldn't write off top two either. But a big part of it is that their draw is not that bad. Their day's breaks yeah. are not that bad. They get a and t- they got a lot of games with the G. Yeah, they do get a tough run later in the in the year. So round 15, they get Sydney. But that's followed, when you want a tough run. Followed by... Adelaide, followed by GWS, and then I think... Who might be cooked by that yeah. stage, interestingly. So that might be a terrible game. So there's three three pretty tough rounds. Mm. No, look, I think to answer your question, in short, yeah. I think I think it's I think top top four, yeah. Top two, maybe, yeah. Because they've got, a, they've got an all right run. Yeah. They've got an all right run in it. And they seem to have been able to deal with... Like, they're, they're just having a miracle run without injuries. Yeah, very, very... Miracle. Like one of the more miracle runs I've seen. So let's keep moving. Etihad Stadium, Melbourne beat St Kilda uh, 106 to 67. So Melbourne won by 39 points in uh, what was not the greatest game known to man. I didn't think any um, game with St Kilda in it is going to be great this year. And no. Sorry if you're a St Kilda supporter, um, but not sorry. They just. <laughs> sorry, but not sorry. 
They just uh, they just don't know how to kick goals. Well, once again, they can fix that up, they'll actually be competitive. We'll read it. So nine nine thirteen. Nine thirteen. So once again, another game. We highlighted this last week. Another game, less than fifty percent. Yeah, and. They're not missing goals from 50 metres out. Everywhere. They're missing them from so close and so easy. Front, oh. to the left, to the right, oh, the pocket. Yeah. If, if, if all the supporters out there right now, St Kilda supporters must be the most frustrated because three weeks, or maybe last month, they've had an opportunity where they could be at least very competitive and they've shot themselves in the foot, funnily enough, yeah. by not being able to kick goals. No, it's true, yeah. And and they, they, the Saints, the, the leads that the Saints are providing coming outside of 50 just look awful. Oh. They, they look, they, they in terms of, you know, I know McCartan had his issues through the game and, you know, had that head thing and then they had to get some diabetes medication and a whole lot of stuff that happened. But, you know, coming outside of 50, you know, the leads that they're presenting, they're not working back um, and they're not working hard enough. So that's a massive concern. And, and they're already missing a lot of, you know, they're missing Rewalt. I mean, let's just use the, the, the obvious. Yep. But um, I don't know. Like, with St Kilda, they're in another another poor game, again, the accuracy just murdered them. I, I don't know what Ben Dixon's doing with them down at the, at the club, but he's their forward coach at the moment, their goal-kicking coach, and that this doesn't seem to be working. He should stick to commentary. Because it seems like, you know, that's the thing, another week where... They've just been really, really poor, and, and it's just it's it's killing them. You know, that's it's yeah. Anyway, we'll um we'll pivot. I think to Melbourne. I mean, there's only so many times you can sort of go over the same point. Just their, I mean, St Kilda's offensive style is just poor, and it's just really unorganised, consistently so. Um, and they just constantly get opened up regularly with a little bit of pressure. So I think teams give Seb Ross a little bit too much space. Uh, I think he's actually quite a good player. People underrate Seb Ross, but you know, Melbourne did what they had to do, but you know, if Melbourne play like this, it's sort of like the dogs. If Melbourne play like this against the top side, they're going to get opened up. Oh, the, Melbourne, well, weren't, Melbourne weren't great either. It's, I think just St Kilda were relatively poor. Okay, so yep, nice win for Melbourne last week. Nice win to Melbourne against us, and we already know what they're like. The two weeks before that, they played Hawthorne and Richmond and got opened up. Yeah. So I'm not reading much into this about Melbourne. Yep, good getting their confidence up. They could play finals, but they've got a lot, a lot of work to beating St Kilda. Yeah. By forty points at the at Eddie Hay is a good win, but it's nothing to write home about just yet. There's some deficiencies there. I think their half back line or their back line starting to mould really, really well. Mm. Oh, and obviously Gone is a super ruck. Gone was great. But I don't. They they haven't got enough speed to that midfield. Yeah, yeah well, it, it hurt, and that's that's another thing I've written down here. You know, they they clearly miss Viney. Mm. Um, that's the, we talk about that basically every week. But they they do they miss speed. Uh, Melbourne would love a, a a Rory Sloan to to come over and, and assist them in that department. That would yeah, be. I amazing. think they want a bit more speed than they had. Well, oh. he's he's a pretty quick player. He's good inside. I think he'd be all right. Well, who who would you go for then? Who do you pick up? Oh, I would be getting. Um, or, or if you can run Petrarca through the midfield and get someone to do what you know. Yeah, what he does if forward. they can get Petrarca in the midfield a lot more, I think that helps a lot. Part I, of the problem is they need him up forward. Yeah, but it, when when Viney comes back, I think that's when they start to become a lot more. Um, well, that's open, that's what's more spreads. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that'll help help a lot. But it's funny enough, you and I were talking about. Uh, Bernie Vince, how's he going to get a game? How are they going to get rid of him? He's him and Lewis. Did we and, say that? I don't remember saying. Yeah, that. it was. It wasn't in here. We talked about it off air. Well, it was um, years ago. Must have been. No, off it was, air. No, it was this year. Oh, we couldn't find this Bernie. Year. Yeah, we couldn't find it. 
Bernie Vince in the, oh, in the lineup. Oh, sorry, but with all the update. Yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah. But now, he's he's, player, once he's been... Oh, he's a good player, but it was just his good age. Good mark. Yeah. He's just been so rock solid in that in back half and, and a little bit through the midfield that I, he's, he's looking very, very good. But, yeah, I don't know. Again, I, I can't read too much into it because it's... Melbourne doing what they had to do against a team that doesn't know the, what the they're doing, yeah. what they're doing, so especially mm. offensively. So you know, the, Melbourne's defense only had to be, you know, they could have put their reserves' defense in there. I think it would have been well for lack of a better term. Melbourne's defense only really had to be sixty percent, you know, good yep. in order to be able to beat you know St Kilda because their, their their forward structure is just so all over the show. Um, it's similar to Essendon's issues, but yeah, I, I don't know. I Look, I think a few takeaways. You know, Clayton Oliver is clearly starting Superstar. to become elite. Yeah, um, I think he's, I, if he's not elite already, I think he won the best and fairest last year, and I, I don't think that's um, so an aberration. No, I think I think just the one. Was just, yeah. But um, yeah, look, he, he looks like he's going to be elite. Um, you know, I've written here zero polish at the Saints, and that's the thing. They just clearly need a star. Um, you know, they can't just rely on 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 the you know the, the couple of you know. B B pluses that they've got, they need an A grader in there desperately. I mean, if I again we spoke about Sloan before, if they supposedly the Saints have got a lot of room in their cab, I'd be offering him a massive amount of money and seeing whether you can pull him out there and make him captain, make him the face of your club, and and see where you can go from there. He's a great player; he'd do very well in Melbourne. Um, he'd be a massive he would, star. But would so, he want to play for him? Well, that's the big question. They they're going to have to show some more, otherwise he's just going to turn around yeah. and say get stuffed. So. Absolutely. Petrarca, I thought, one other takeaway as well. He needs to cut this out of his game. Just a bit of poor discipline as well. Yeah. So earlier on, you know, just like he swore at the umpire and just stupid stuff. Like, just, mate, just move on. Like, you know, he's mic'd up as well. Like, kids are watching this. Like, you could clearly hear what he said on the broadcast as well. I don't know. Just little things like that. He could be such an unbelievable player. I think it is kind of like the Sicily um, thing with it's like... He, he, could, he, could, he could be so... And they're both kind of known pests at their clubs. Yeah. You know? Like he could be so good. But then it's just little things where it's like, man, it's so frustrating. Like he cut that out of your game. It's kind of like Rodman was earlier in his career. So he cut that out of your game and he could be unbelievable. Get on there, yeah. But um, yeah, look, I think Melbourne struggled... You know, with their kicks inside fifty at times, but they they got it they got it right. You know, Hogan running through the midfield was interesting. I thought at times that was good. You know, he he provided some interesting pressure at times. But look, they they didn't need to be that heavily on, as we said. You know, St Kilda look a long long way off. They look like a bottom four side, unfortunately, and it's it's probably the most disappointing thing of the year, really, in, in terms of overall teams. They. They look a long, long, long way off, and a lot of people had them in the eight. And I debated yeah. in my head, do I put him in? Do I put him in the last minute? I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't because they look a long way off. I think I had them pretty closely. I think about tenth, but that'd be a miracle to finish tenth now. Um, I don't, you know, you go through their next four or five games. I don't see them winning any time any. soon. So, no. or maybe one or two, but yeah. The other thing too is, you know, St Kilda, we spoke about looking unorganised. The other thing too is they just belt it. Like they literally go, if they win a clearance, they might sneak it out and they just smash it inside 50. Just smash it. They kind of just barrel it in and hope for the best. Schoolyard footy. It literally looks like, literally at times look like that. Yeah, they've got it. They have. Big problems. They're not going to win another game before, they're not going to win a game before the bye. 
Not not a chance. I think they're going to massively struggle too. And I think if any coach gets sacked this year, it's Alan Richardson. And again, I don't know why. Why did they re-sign him? Why not just wait and see how it goes? I don't I know. know. I know we don't like doing it, but can, I, can we just run through who St. Kilda face? No, no, go. Yeah. So next week, they got Freo over at Optus. Not yeah. going to win that. No. Then they play uh, Collingwood at Etihad. No. Can't see them winning that. Probably not. Then they face Richmond at the G. They will get... Owned, yeah, yeah, they probably even won't even want to rock up those players. Or the next week, they won't want to go over to Optus again to play West Coast this time. Then they have to travel... I know, they're back at Etihad against Sydney. Won't win that. Yeah, so it's a lot of, a lot of problems. And then this, they might, but I can't see them winning this game, Metricon. They'll probably sneak Gold one Coast. of these games, but it's, it's still not enough. Gold Coast is only one potentially. Yeah, that's the problem. Is but there's it's no, up no there. confidence. Yeah. So, yeah, no, a big, 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 big worrying signs for, for Saints and Saints supporters. Yeah, and I think, so just a couple of last points on Melbourne, then we better keep moving. Yeah. Um, I thought McDonald was fantastic. It was one of the better games I've seen him play. Absolutely. Um, Took a bit of pressure off Hogan oh, and a number of other players. No, he looked good. Great mark. He marks at a really high point too. Brayshaw. Brayshaw. Really... <laughs> Clearly proving. Welcome back to AFL. Well, we said we said this though. We kept saying, "Why are they not picking him?" Like I wrote, I wrote down Brayshaw proving they could have used him earlier in the season. There was yep. a couple of games when Melbourne lost to Geelong. He's a Jeez, star. Put him in there. Maybe, maybe that would have made the difference. difference. It was a close game. Yeah. Anyway, so that that's a battle I think we can take out of this game. You know, we, we spoke a bit about the, the troubles that, that St Kilda have. I don't have any solutions, mainly because don't. I don't know who you bring in. I don't know how they're going to fix this. Keep playing the kids and, and just hopefully they learn from this year and they're a bit better next year. It is getting to that point now where it's like what we spoke about with Carlton. I, I think they're just a long, long, long way off. It's season yeah. 2019 for me with St uh, Kilda. I'd, yeah, absolutely. It'd be a but mir- where, miracle turnaround. Whereas for Melbourne, yet while they're only playing uh, last two weeks, they've got wins over teams. That, it, it's a launch pad now for them. They can actually build on this, and they're starting to find some continuity. Yeah. They've got some um, great players on the on, on the list now. It's just about getting it all together and and playing four really good quarters of football against some quality opposition. That, that's yeah. when we'll know where where they really are. I think though Melbourne Melbourne have been a little bit down. I wasn't convinced massively, obviously, in this game. No. Um, you go to the last game against Essen and I wasn't convinced at all. No, and, then got and then they got belted boys by and Richmond. And then the week before that, Hawthorne. So. Hawthorne. But, so next week they've got um, the Gold Coast. Okay. So I'll speak about that next week. So Gold Coast would love that chance. Last game, and what I would say is game of the round. Collingwood beat Brisbane 121-119 up at the Gabba. Collingwood by seven points. Unbelievable game. And the snake was literally like a snake. Up, literally. down, up, down, up, down, up, down. But uh, obviously, Amazing most game. of the time, it, uh, the, the ledger stayed in Collingwood's half. So yeah. Collingwood always pretty much were in front for look, 95% of the time. But uh, the Lions, and we did mention it, this is a type of game that they could have upset because they've been playing some good football and then a little... Turn off and they play some really horrible football like the Lions of two years ago type football where it was just cringeworthy and they really took it up to the, the, the pies. It was great, great showing. Um, yeah. And the two big leaders at Brisbane really stood up. Zorko was amazing. He's finally um, back. We I hung on him last week. Yeah. He and, was struggling with the tag, yeah. but he looked good. And then he looked really good and obviously um, Captain Beams almost uh, won the game for him. Yeah. So yeah, look, promising signs, disappointing... I think, aside from the St Kilda supporters, uh, Fagan must be the most frustrated person in football. Poor guy. I was going so for them. I was going for them in the end. So close, and he still can't get it. Get that that 
four He's points. doing it with an oily so, rag too. This list is yeah. um, a good list, but uh, not having a go at Brisbane. They are actually a really good young list, but they are young. That's the key Very word. Very young. Got a, I know like they've got a bit of a way to go. They need time to gel. And only, he's only just got there when a new coach comes, new game plans, new structures, new ideas, all sorts of things change. And I tell you what, like he's got them so close to the mark. Yeah, they're you're, definitely going in the right direction. If, oh, you, yeah. if you're a Lions supporter, you just got to hang tough for the next 12 months, I reckon. And then um, The upside with Brisbane is, is a serious upside. And I actually think there is light at the end of the tunnel. I don't, I don't think this is just a, a fake and they're going to drift off no, and be another either. rebuild. I think this is a serious a serious um, showing here. Your Absolutely. Man, while we're talking about Brisbane as well, your man Zorko, 10 inside 50s. Yeah, just oh, around four goals, 34 touches, 10 tackles. Yeah. Um, not a bad return for someone who had a bit of pressure on him all week. Um, and the, and just the, the the guys that were really good for Brisbane, the senior players, like Daniel Rich, for example, he's starting to find some form again. So, so those senior players, and Alan Christensen finally getting some continuity. I think he's played every game this year. Yeah. Still still looks, you still tell he hasn't played a lot of football, making little fumbles. But if they can continue to build on that nucleus and allow the younger players to come in, do their role, build some confidence. I think, yeah, there's there's a bright future. They've just got to make sure that they can uh, keep those young kids uh, signed and, and playing year in, year out for the next few years. That's it, yeah. I mean, Hipwood as well. No score from Hipwood hurt. Um, you know, no score from... Um, no score from... You just distracted me. Sorry. <laughs> tell me about... Tell me oh, about. Oh, just the young kids are like... Rainer, Shots by the number. Go on, bring it out. Went at ninety four percent efficiency. Wow, first year player, like just. So, he, well, he was at number one draft. Yeah, number one pick, draft pick for. We've a reason, had a couple but... of number ones that have been that great more recently, so that's good to see. Um, what? No. Uh, <laughs> sorry, cough, cough there. Cough. Need some water. Um, but no, no. To be fair, I think yeah. Look, in terms of Brisbane, they are a legit decent side. Um, I actually think they're going to be right amongst it. In the next couple of years, for sure, I actually think this is a this is a real thing. Um, I think that it, they have some genuine, serious upside if they can keep everybody, keep it together, keep the management together, the club secure, upgrade the facilities, all that sort of stuff. It, it is going to be a genuine threat. Um, but you know, yeah, hopefully, the federal government have got some money in their budget for them well, because they're out tomorrow. Jeez, hopefully. But <laughs> anyway, look, I, look overall, Brisbane. It was a very winnable game. I mean, you know, we don't. I don't know if I want to go too hard, but again, you could sort of say a little bit like Gold Coast. They blew it, but not Collingwood led at every break though. So three zero four two to Collingwood, ten flat to ten three. So it was a mind blowing, unbelievable. So by so by half so. Um, was by half time, by half time, it was the most accurate True. AFL VFL game in like it, like I think years it, long, basically ever, yeah. forever. Um, so then fourteen two, fifteen the day four, Burgoyne, eighteen six, nineteen seven. Since Burgoyne's debut, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> since Yoda started. Um, but yeah, look, nineteen seven, eighteen six is amazing. That, that's a that's we'd a, love to see this at least one love game to around. See this game live. Oh yeah, same. So, so I got to yeah, watch the replay and all that, and yeah, very, very, very good game. Well, it was only a few minutes to go, and it was one hundred and fourteen all. Like it was just unbelievable to watch. I was at a pub and I saw the end of it, so it was exciting to kind of watch the reactions as well. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, look, I think overall, Matt Eagles looked great as well for Brisbane. I thought, you know, he's come in from a reality show. You know, he looked fantastic. Like, he looked really, really good. He looked AFL ready. Um, That's you know, amazing. It is, it is an unbelievable thing. But we'll pivot over to Colin. We've spoken a lot about Brisbane. I mean, side bottom looks all Australian again. He looked unbelievable. Uh, Trelaw was pretty damaging as well. I thought Thomas was excellent. Three goals, 22 possessions. Stevenson, really good. Two goals, 21. Um, Dugowie was unbelievable. Yeah. The the goo. Uh, five goals, two. You're going to have to throw a lot of coin at Dugowie to keep him. If he leaves, that is the most rat act. He lied to the coach. He embarrassed them on multiple occasions. I'm sorry. With the way he has behaved over the last... Basically, since he was drafted, he owes them at least a three-year contract, in my opinion. I know sports are business and whatever... But, uh, please, that would be the most ratchet thing if he was just like, yeah, see you later. I finally stopped uh, lying to the coach and bitten by the dog and all this rubbish. To me, I think he owes him at least a two or three years. See you later. Why not stay? The team looks great. Yeah, I mean, I don't he's think... mad he, to go I anyway. Don't, I don't think he's going to go, but they're going to have to... They, if he keeps playing the way he has been, like that's the thing. He has to do this for the rest of the year. Not maybe kick five goals, but he's got to be... No, not going to have every game, yeah. But he's, yeah, he's a serious talent, that's for sure. So um, maybe had they had him at the start of the year, yeah, maybe. they might be sitting top of the ladder. Well, they'd be pretty close. Um, Grundy as well was fantastic, showing again why he's such an amazing ruckman. 11 tackles, wow, we, uh, 39 hitouts. He's, he's just a freak. Yeah, um, and Martin. He, he, him he, and Stephen Martin, mate. They just, that I was like a Grundy. He's so good. Um, yeah, look, it was, it was a great battle, actually. I like, that's true. Good point. I like Martin, too. Um... What else out of this game? Greasy conditions. It was a little bit sort of humid, as you you said last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, pies going inside fifty were pretty accurate, and they just positioned it a little bit better late in the game. I found that was kind of the difference, really. That's the thing. You look at all the stats line and the scores. It was very, very even. Brisbane played out of their skin. Yeah. They played as well as they did against Port Adelaide, against when they nearly beat Port over there. Possibly a little bit better. Better, yeah. But the just that little bit more polish at right at the end, Pies just a little bit more accurate in the, in the way they positioned to go. Yeah, in. Admit, just that little bit yeah, better. Yeah, he plays like your Hoskin Elliot. He was very, very good. Um, a bit more polish. Here, polish, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. that just comes with experience. Experience, yep. Exactly They're a couple right. of years older, average age, and, and that, that makes a bit of a difference. Um, but yeah, look, I think that's that's probably about it. I think, look, we knew this is about where I thought Collingwood were at. We tipped the pies. The biggest surprise is Brisbane. And we've spoken a fair bit about Brisbane. I think mm. that was um, and a fantastic win. Um, and I'll tell you what, next week, Brisbane, they'd like their chances against the Dogs at Etihad. I think they would Dogs too. had to travel last week. So did the, the, I know the Lions, you know, they'll fly versus coming back from Ballarat. But I don't know. I actually think that's going to be a dead set. Really close game, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. So, look, the final questions at the moment: Collingwood, they're sitting just outside of the eight. Uh, probably, probably yes, they're tenth. Ha- I think haven't looked no, ninth. At, haven't looked at ninth. Haven't looked at the rest of their season, but knowing it's Collingwood, they're going to have a lot of big games they do, against yeah. quality yeah. teams. From here, if they keep playing this style of football, obviously we don't know the uh, extent of Pendles. Um, injury, which is another player down for them. Yeah. Um, so they get some any of those players back. They're oh. a big threat, aren't they? 
The big thing out of this as well, though, in terms of big players, is side bottom um, injured, which we you know we normally go into the injuries a bit more in the preview, but that that's that's going to be fascinating next week. So whether they play him against Geelong and what happens, yes, yeah, absolutely. So we better keep moving because we um, we'll take a little bit of break now and then we will do the preview. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. If you could uh, rate us on iTunes, that would be fantastic. We're AFL Deep Dive on all the social medias. Check out Hopster Home. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks and for we'll the chat to me, Don. Chat to you Good soon. Fun. Thanks, See you guys. Cheers. Catch ya. See you, guys.